CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast, home of all things hard rock and heavy metal. I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. Now, let's get things started with the Talking Metal theme song, written by Rob Halford, Metal Mike, and Roy Z. Hey guys, it's Mark Striegel of the Talking Metal Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the show. Today we have the one and only James Durbin on the show. Now, if you don't remember James, you most likely saw him. 55 million viewers were watching American Idol when he was on it. That's per episode. I mean, it's just insane. I mean, what is there, like 500 million in the country or something? I mean, that's an insane number of people and they watched this guy and he had a great voice and he did something really cool for heavy metal when he was on American Idol he brought heavy metal and hard rock to the masses and I just think that that's uh, an amazing thing and he single-handedly did this you know he brought Judas Priest to American Idol and whether you like American Idol or you didn't like American Idol What James did was a cool thing and a good thing for the heavy metal community. He brought Zach Wilde to American Idol. He played, you know, another thing coming, Breaking the Law, uh, Heavy Metal by Sammy Hagar. He played that with Zach Wilde. He did a lot of good things to put heavy metal out there in the mainstream when he was on American Idol back in 2011. So having said that, he's continued his, uh, his career and he's out there touring in a van, a van that sometimes doesn't run so well. We're going to hear about that. And he's uh, doing things, you know, on a somewhat indie level. And I have a lot of respect for him. 
And I think his new record that was just released, Riot on Sunset, is very strong. We're going to hear a little bit from the record, and then we're going to hear from James. So stay tuned for that. I uh, did want to mention I was at the sold-out Guns N' Roses concert on Saturday night here in New Jersey at what we used to call the Meadowlands. We used to call it Giant Stadium. It's now MetLife Stadium, and it was absolutely insane. I rarely am at a show where over 80,000 tickets have been sold. This show was sold out. Giant Stadium holds about 82,000 people. I don't know if that includes the people on the floors, so it could have been 86 or 87,000. It could have been 90,000 as far as I know. I don't know. The place was sold out. It was absolutely insane. I mean, just one of the biggest concerts I've ever been to. I saw McCartney at Giant Stadium. I think he sold it out barely. Um, maybe not. I don't, I don't really remember. Um, I do remember it was full. I saw U2 there. That was sold out. I saw the Stones there. That, I believe, was sold out. saw Metallica at Giant Stadium. That was not sold out. saw Ozfest at Giant Stadium with uh, a partially reunited Sabbath before they got Bill Ward back. Um, they were just, it was just, a, you know, that first initiation of Sabbath getting back together didn't include Bill Ward. He, he later came into the picture. So it's kind of funny. They're going out without Bill Ward. And they, when they first reunited, it was also without Bill Ward. I guess it's a whole nother conversation, but that was not sold out. I remember that not being really well attended for some reason in the big stadium, maybe 20, 30,000 people, which when you play to 20 or 30,000 people, that's an amazing crowd by any standard, much more than most arenas. However, when you're playing in a stadium, sometimes it, it doesn't really look good because half the place is empty, you know. But guns delivered, they were just uh, fantastic. Um, not, another band I saw there, by the way, was uh, Metallica. I remember seeing Metallica at Giant Stadium. But yeah, gun, Guns N' Roses sold out at Giant Stadium. Just a great night. They did go on later than I was expected. Uh, expecting. I had been hearing they were going on earlier. They went on about 10.05, 10.05. They went on about 10.05 and uh, played until about 12.55. So it was a long night, late night, but it was a lot of fun. Guns and Roses sounding great. And just, uh, you know, really no pun intended, a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see those guys, especially in front of a crowd like that. So if you have a chance to see Guns N' Roses on this uh, stadium tour, I highly recommend it. All right, so without further ado, let's get into a little new music by James Durbin. Guys, uh, after the, 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 the song, Smackdown it's called, we'll hear from James Durbin. And the one thing that's weird about this is the... Um, interview ends abruptly he's telling me about how he got zach wild on american idol and the phone cut out i could not get him back on the line there were technical issues we were trying but he was driving and he was in a, a no no cell phone uh, area so there you go enjoy this and support james durbin go buy his cd on cd baby riot on sunset will have links up to it in today's show notes on talkingmetal.com all right, thank you.
Hey, this is Mark Striegel, and on the line we have James Durbin, and he is traveling while we speak to him, which I guess that means, James, your your van, which I heard broke down, is, is now repaired. Is that correct? No, that is completely incorrect. <laughs> uh, my, my van, I had to sign over the title in Vancouver, Washington, to have it towed to a graveyard. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, the motor completely died. The belt wasn't turning with the motor. It was just going boom, 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 boom. And, and uh, yeah, I, I left a few uh, footprints in that door. Oh, um, man. But we are now, uh, with the help of the uh, Enterprise Car Rental people out in Vancouver, Washington, uh, we are now in two vehicles caravanning uh, the rest of the two weeks of tour. Oh, wow. So that was your, your personal van? You owned that van? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so that, was, that was highly unfortunate that uh, that's the way that it had to go down. But, you know, uh, we really have uh, the heavens to think that we were right next to an exit uh, in uh, 
in an actual town to knots about an hour ago out in the desert. Right. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. So, hey, sorry to hear that, but but let's let's talk about better things. How about your new record? It sounds fantastic. Riot on Sunset. Uh, I want to hear all about this record. I want to hear who's playing on it. I want to talk about the songs. Um, let's let's start off there. Who who plays on this record with you? Because it, it sounds like you got some fantastic musicians backing you up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I played a lot on it. I wrote seven of the twelve songs on there, uh, solely my own um, composition. A few co-writes, and then two songs that were written by outside writers. Um, a couple of the songs, uh, some of the instrumentation was from the original demos. So uh, guys like Tommy English, who's a big uh, producer in LA, as well as PBALO, who is the current bass player and keyboard player for Thirty Seconds to Mars. Oh, okay. Um, uh, in addition, I played I played a bunch of bass, a bunch of guitars, rhythm, and lead. And then uh, my band, my current touring band, is uh, consisting of uh, Mark Putnam on lead guitar. He played all those beautiful solos on songs like uh, City of Nightmares, the song Beautiful, Something Living, 19, uh, Keeps Me Alive, all those killer songs. There's uh, my bass player, DJ Patton, and then uh, my drummer, Aaron Peterson, we tracked all the drums live, uh, except for, I believe, the one song that uh, we didn't provide the, uh, the tracks to in the demo, which uh, was for We Are The Unknown. Okay, cool. And and are those the guys, the, the touring guys with you that are in the SmackDown video? Yes, exactly. Cool, cool. And the record, again, SmackDown, great tune, really digging that, but I wanted to go to the title track which starts off kind of more mellow acoustic it kind of builds as it goes on i think it's it's a great tune it's called riot on sunset again the title track off the record what's the story what what is the riot on sunset uh, the song riot on sunset is directly inspired by the uh huge riots in the 1919 on the sunset strip basically kids just wanted to stay out late and sing and uh, let their freak flags fly and just you know, it's just kids. And uh, so they put these curfew riots uh, on all these kids. And, and, and I wrote the song when I was 21 uh, in my bedroom at my mom's house, uh, the bedroom I grew up in. And wow. It just came from this place of need and this, this place of why are we told that we can't do things that make so much sense? You know, music is, is, uh, music is, is medicine. Music is, is a it's healing. You know, it has so many healing powers to it. So, if kids are listening to music and wanting to, you know, uh, lose themselves in the music, did you take that away from them? And that's just you know, that's just evil. So I wrote that song, and uh, true to its potential and to its subject matter, I tried putting that song on my. Uh, both of my previous albums, which I was with a label at the time, and uh, at both times they they said, you know, this song isn't good enough. We don't like it. Or, really? Or on the other hand, would you mind changing the song to "Riot on Main Street"? Everybody has a Main Street in their town, and maybe more people will get it that way. And you know, I really stuck to my guns with this song because um, it, it just comes from uh, a real place. You know, and, and it has so much history and, and, and heart to it for me. Um, and then when it came time for me to uh, 
to get my release papers and walk away from my record deal, uh, they kept the song and they wouldn't give it back. So we fought really hard for it, and thank God we got it back. And as soon as that happened, uh, I already knew what I was naming my album. Right, absolutely. I mean, the Sunset Strip, just uh, in rock history, just such an important place going back to the 60s, like you said. And, you know, for me growing up as a kid, I'm I'm a lot older than you, but, you know, the Sunset Strip was just where all my heroes hung out from Van Halen to, you know, Motley Crue and, and Rat and, and, you know, Guns N' Roses and so many great bands that were such an influence on me uh, come come out of that. So when I heard Riot on Sunset, I kind of thought oh it must kind of be about that era of the of the sunset strip you're telling me it's not it's about the, the riots that happened earlier but talking about the 80s era of sunset strip how how, how influential was that scene on you oh uh, highly <laughs> uh very noticeably on this album uh, actually when i wrote that song right on sunset um uh, i'm fronting a band called hollywood stars we, we like to kind of push homage to that uh to that era and, um, you know, the, the way that we dress, the way that we kind of portrayed that. And uh, growing up in Santa Cruz, California, one of the bands that I had to look up to was a local band by the name of Dirty Penny. And before that, they were known as Antidote. They were started as a poison tribute band. And then they started playing their own songs, and they, you know, worked their way up and, and were, you know, kicking their hands on the, on the independent scene. They played the early uh, rock Oklahomas and whatnot. Oh, so there's, okay. There's this, there's this group, this large number of, of people out in uh, in Oklahoma that all have these dirty penny tattoos, uh, nice. uh, which I've brought. So it was, it was really cool. This 80s music has always been very influential. Uh, classic rock, to even stemming earlier to the 70s with early creeds, and of course you have Zeppelin and Sabbath right. and Deep Purple you know all the all the uh, all the masters. Yeah, the, the 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 godfathers of it all, definitely. What what was Aaron Lee's involvement uh, in in the record? I, he's a friend of mine, and he's the guy who actually uh, connected me with with Ken and, and you. So, uh, what was his involvement with the record? So, Aaron is a, a really really great friend of my co-producer and mixer and engineer and master of the whole album, uh, Father Rick Vieira owner of Rocker Studios in Santa Cruz. And uh, so we were working, you know, we were really working our asses off. And uh, we ended up setting up sheet and then wanted to end up actually having to move that release date sooner, um, which required just more, you know, more work. I mean, with, with the amount of songs and then the amount of time that we had to finish. And Rick brought up, uh, brought up Aaron. And uh, Aaron has, uh, as you know, Aaron has been the, the bass tech for Y and and fell through with their bassist, and now he is the bass player of Y and uh, as well as other things. He's a kick-ass fixer and bass player and keyboard player. So um, I had Aaron mix a uh, few of the songs. I, I believe Aaron mixed five songs on the album. Oh, cool! And uh, Rick mixed uh, the other seven, I believe, something like that. And um, yeah, Aaron played uh, keyboards on it. Played keys on. The last two songs, Sunday is gone, and uh, keep me alive. Excellent, excellent, cool. Yeah, Aaron's a great guy, and Frank Hannon does a lot of work with Frank Hannon too. So talented dude for sure. So uh, the the we're gonna hear some music off the off the record in just a bit, guys. But 
before we let James go, I just kind of wanted to revisit a little of, of your past, James, because, you know, back, I guess it was like 2011 when you were on American Idol, you know, when it was still just booming in the ratings, 55 million viewers or more on some of those episodes, which is just insane. You did such a cool thing for the metal community because you brought metal to that show, which in a way that it had never been done before. And, and exposed it once again to the, the the masses and i wanted to just hit upon some of that like how, how did how did the whole thing with priest end up happening i know you you covered one of their songs and but then later in the season you actually got judas priest to appear on american idol with you um, can you talk about how that all came about yeah absolutely it's kind of a long story i'll try and short just as best as i can um if I ramble. So uh, it came down to the top 24, which was when uh, the 12 girls, 12 guys performed on separate nights. And so we were looking at the song list to uh, try and figure out what we were each going to sing. So I perused the list over and over, back and forth, through and through, and, and uh, didn't really see anything that I liked. And, and the last time I was just kind of combing through with a fine tooth comb and saw that you got another thing coming was on there. And of course, I, I love music in general, and I know that Rob Halpert's voice uh, and mine could, you know, I could get that and, and push that forward, and I was thinking, oh, this is awesome, this is going to be so cool, I guarantee Judas Priest has never been sung on Idol, I wanted to do things that, you know, because there's been other rock singers on the show, there's been people that also sing high and have a large, wide range, uh, as I do it, and what can I do to set myself apart from them, you know, I, I wanted to Song, took it to the producers, and they were like, Judas Priest? Oh, I didn't even know we had Judas Priest on this list. And <laughs> wow. it was just being kind of funny and kind of yeah. weird about it. Uh, but, you know, they, they let me do it, and uh, I, I rehearsed it a bunch of times. I was like, no, we got to turn the, we got to get the guitars heavy, really heavy, real big, turn the drive up, turn the gain up, like listen to the record, and then double it. Yeah. And so we did it, and it got a great response, and immediately I got uh, a response from Rob Halford um, and their management. And so I, I kept singing and kept it, you know, week after week, and at a certain point, uh, the producers come to you and say, you know, we'd like to have you perform uh, individually with uh, a, a guest artist uh, or band. And so they came to me with Death Leopard or Judas Priest, and, and I'm not a huge Def Leppard guy, and right. also I didn't think any of their music on the show, uh, so immediately it was Judas Priest, and so fast forward to the finale. Uh, they got me to the stage and uh, to do rehearsal and to meet the band, and, and they were all amazing. And unfortunately, it was right before, oh, I'm sorry, it was right after K.K. Downing had quit. He quit like right. a week earlier, but then they brought in Richie Faulkner, and Richie just head over heels, she's a beast, she's incredible. Yeah. So it was really cool, it was Richie's first show with Priest was live on American Idol. Really? Okay, I, did, I, I mean, yeah. I, I love Richie, and I think he's added, especially live, added such an energy to the band. I had I didn't realize that was his first show with with Priest, that's awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was really good. Cool, now another cool thing really, you really did... Good. Another cool thing you did while you were on the show was bringing out Zach Wilde and doing Sammy Hagar's Heavy Metal, which I thought was just another 
awesome moment on the show. How, how did that come about? Did you uh, did you know Zach beforehand, or was that your first time meeting him? So I uh, that's another great story. So Chris Jericho, uh, WWE's Chris Jericho, sure. among other things, was on Dancing with the Stars at the same time. Dancing with the Stars filmed in the exact same building as American Idol. Wow. Big, giant building at the CBS Studios. Um, on Beverly behind the Grove in LA, there is a there's one building and it has two sides to it. So if the sides were divided by a hallway, and, and the idle people never went over to the dancing side, the dancing people never came over to the idle side. But I think it was right when I had done Judas Priest. Um, so it's right when Hulk Hogan came out. Uh, not long after that. Jericho found out that I was a wrestling fan and and, uh, and so we started hanging out we went to a couple concerts together had dinner together a couple times and then it came time for songs for movies week and I kind of had this struggle in this poll uh, with the onset mentor at the time which was Jimmy Iambi from Interscope right. Records right <laughs> oh James Hello. Are you there?
just heard was the title track riot on sunset by james durbin go pick that up on cd baby or on itunes we'll have links up in today's show notes support us with a paypal donation and uh, also use our amazon links by t-shirt in the merch section that's it for today guys uh, again sorry that interview cut off abrupt abruptly at the end i feel bad about that but uh, we are pretty much done uh, we'll have to have james back at some point to finish that zach wild story um, cool all right guys that's it for today, and here is a little Judas Priest, a song James once covered on American Idol. This one he didn't do with Judas Priest. He did it with the American Idol band, uh, but it was what kind of um, later prompted James and Rob Halford and Judas Priest and American Idol to all come together and, and uh, perform live on American Idol. So here we go. Another Thing Coming, off Screaming for Vengeance by Judas Priest.
One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.